Welcome back to the Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast. The Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast is your podcast source for news and discussion of the meetings and events industry. Each week, we bring you stories of new technologies, new ideas, and new directions that will directly affect all of us in the meetings and events industry. I'm your host, John Trask. I'm a CMP, a CML, and I'm a 30-year veteran of both the audiovisual and meetings and events industry. And welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we have a, uh, a special guest today, Michael Owen. Uh, welcome, Michael. Hi, John. Uh, great to have you on the uh, on the podcast today. We're doing a conclave-related uh, edition of the podcast, uh, which is coming up in Baltimore in just a few weeks. It's going to be in mid-September. And I believe your session is on Saturday, the 17th of September in Baltimore. Um, and you're doing a session on uh, connectivity, elevating the bandwidth is the official title. Uh, and we're going to dig into that a little bit here in a second. But why don't we start out by uh, giving folks a little bit of your background and, and your company of ingenuity? Uh, well, we've had our company for uh, 18 years now. Um, my background is entertainment. I, I don't remember the 70s as I was playing music back in the day and uh, evolved from um, musician to the business side of, of music and entertainment and then to corporate entertainment. Then uh, 18 years ago, we started this company to uh, still focus on corporate entertainment, but uh, really also shift focused into event and meeting management. And that's what we've been doing for the last 18 years. Uh, in that time, I have spent uh, countless hours and countless dollars, and I don't regret any of them volunteering for a variety of organizations, including MPI, PCMA, uh, our state society of association executives, and and, and different entertainment uh, associations. And uh, that brought me to my latest adventure, which has been actually very rewarding, which is uh, uh, joining the uh, Apex Standards Committee uh, and being a part of the evolution of of Apex, which... um, you know, Apex was always a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very different idea when it came out uh, 15, 16 years ago uh, about standards within the industry, or as they say, accepted practices, which I think is a powerful notion still. Mm-hmm. And um, it, where they were, there were a number, and still are a number, of very valuable tools uh, that that group was responsible for the for maintaining and updating the glossary, the, the, the CMP glossary or the Convention Industry Council glossary. Um, it, it seemed to me that there was a, a, a place where, let's call it Switzerland, that had no uh, a, 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 association or no proprietary interest in looking at a variety of topics other than advancing uh, those the knowledge and understanding of those topics within the industry. So it, it's a very interesting uh, group of folks, um, a variety, and as many as possible of uh, different disciplines are represented on the Apex group. Uh, everyone from DMCs to production companies to audiovisual companies to citywide planners to corporate planners to so it, it, to education uh, folks, and a few years ago, in fact, uh, the connectivity thing was one of the first things that we really began to tackle. 
this is probably four years ago we started to look at this and and the idea at first was that we felt that the that planners needed education on how to speak about uh, uh, address issues with with uh, connectivity mm-hmm. um, and in our conversation amongst that we realized that not only did the, the planner community need it, but the sales community needed it. I mean, we, as an industry, we did not know how to have a proper conversation about connectivity. Um, at that time, you know, when you think about how we consume meetings now, it's very, very different than the way it was uh, pre-iPhone. Right, uh, right. And... I don't know about you, but I've been married to mine ever since I've had it. <laughs> the longest relationship I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's it, it is, and every attendee now you see bent over their phone at at some point during a meeting. Everyone I, has them. I say when I'm talking about this, I said, you know, it wasn't that long ago that you'd walk in this room and I'd ask you to turn off your phones or put them on stun and put them away, and and now I'm very used to looking at the top of people's heads. <laughs> I, I hope they're not watching Here Comes Honey Boo Boo and that they are texting and taking notes. Uh, it, it's quite funny because I, I use an app called Evernote, uh, and I will go to friends of mine. I'll go to sessions of theirs. I say, look, if you see me on my phone, I, I'm not texting or doing Facebook. I'm taking notes. Because I, I take notes on my phone with that app, I get back to my office and they're on my desktop. Right. I do the same thing with my iPad and Evernote as well. It's a wonderful app. And, and and so we consume meetings differently. And in order to consume them in a uh, in the way that we do, and the expectation is that we're going to have a reasonable amount of connectivity. And it, you never ask the right questions. I I know one of the first uh, comments that was made that very first day around the table was there was a a, a representative from one of the large hotel chains. Who said, "Oh yeah, that's that's the first thing that anybody asks about is can we get free internet? We can always work that out." But free is a a price point, not a product. Mm-hmm. It's so sure they said, "Well, I can get it free at Starbucks." Well, you can, but and if you're there at six thirty before the rush, it's not bad. Okay, but if you're there at at seven thirty, just when everybody's hitting the hitting hitting the ground running, uh, and everybody's on at one time, it, it's not that good. And so, it slows. It, uh, it you know, uh, too many users slow it down. All right? right. So, so what are what are your alternatives? You can't complain to Starbucks because it's free. I mean, hey, how can you complain? Because yeah, you're connected. Uh, yeah, so get up and go to McDonald's, or get up and go somewhere else, or go home. So it, it, it it's very different. And I would challenge the notion that that any internet is free, anyways, because I, I know that I've paid four bucks to have my name written incorrectly for a cup of coffee that I can get for <laughs> for a buck somewhere else. Right. But, and 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 that's it. So because so much of the conversation has been about free internet and the understand and the expectation that you'll get the same experience with, quote, free internet that you will uh, with anything else. It's, it, it's, not, it's, it's the under, not that there's no understanding of the, the scale, how it's used, 
uh, how it works. You know, so you could have someone say um, that I've got a monster pipeline of whatever megabits per terabytes or terabits or whatever coming into the building, and that's all well and good, but, you know, how many access points do you have? What what generation of access points could you have? Because the older generations uh, will not handle as many devices as the new uh, the new ones. So there there's a lot of stuff, and what we're try what we've tried to do is is not make it uh, a technical swamp. Right. What we've tried to do is to put it into layman's terms and advise people to have a, a trusted advisor. Um. And that is someone who actually uh, understands the nuts and bolts. But kind of when we go through it, I mean, I, I've got a piece that I talk about when I'll say, you know, what does your food RFP look like? Do you just write down, I need food? And everybody kind of giggles. And I said, no, of course. It's, you know, which meal function? You want steak or hot dogs? I mean, there, you have to qualify how many people. You have to qualify. And this is something that kind of resonates with the, with our community because they understand that part of it. Right. Same, you have to think of, of, of internet access in much the same way. How many users, how many devices per user? Are they heavy users or light users? So it, it's, it's just about qualifying. And until recently, there's not been, uh, if we looked at, we actually went through some of the old, the, the existing, I should say not old, but the existing Apex RFPs and there was nothing in there about Wi-Fi, and somebody said, "I can't believe that it is." I've been using a smartphone for years. I said, "What smartphone do you use?" They said it was a BlackBerry. I said, "Let's talk about the BlackBerry because until I got my iPhone, I thought the BlackBerry was the best thing since sliced bread." But essentially, a BlackBerry was a, a an excellent messaging device. Mm-hmm. It, it it you could get on the internet, but it was not. It, it, we didn't use it like we use um, the smartphones that we have now. Uh, and to your point, also the the, uh, the tablets. Right. And so what you have is you have users who, who will come, and some will have two, and some will have three devices. And we have a great piece in the session that's, uh, that shows, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it shows uh, Steve Jobs and the epic fail when he... <laughs> announced the iPhone and the system couldn't come up and and he says during the during his presentation he said well we figured out what happened our backup didn't work and our original didn't work there are 500 and some odd uh, access points operating here in the same time and we just can't handle that so we can if you want us to continue we're going to need to shut down those and, and of course they wanted these guys. These were, you know, tech bloggers, and they wanted this information out. In, uh, but it, it, what I'll say to them, I said, don't ever feel bad about, about feeling in the weeds about this stuff, because if it can happen to Steve Jobs, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and that is a, a pretty well-known um, incident that happened. Folks could go out and pull that up on YouTube and see just exactly what it looks like when things fail. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, talking about the apex, first off, the, the common language and the accepted practices and everything is something that I think has been um, a real initiative in our industry over the past 15 
to 20 years where people have started digging into this and 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 trying to create a common language and so i commend the committee for working on this bandwidth because hotel rooms and food functions those aren't going to change that much when you kind of set down some accepted practices you kind of know what you're going to get the problem with anything technology related like this is we've hit such a rapid pace of change that it's really hard to know what's going to happen next month when they introduce the iPhone 7 and what requirements that's going to place on on the bandwidth and the connectivity that maybe weren't already existing and w- before we started the uh the call when we were just chatting for a moment you know thinking about things like streaming video um earlier this year we had people on the floor of congress sending out stuff on periscope and on facebook live and that's eating up a whole different type of bandwidth than your BlackBerry that you referenced there, or even your iPhone 4 that you had a couple of years ago. Well, it's, 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 as you say, what's going to happen when the 7 comes out? Because when the iPad 2 was out, if you watched a, a Netflix feature on the iPad 2, uh, the consumption was about a, a 1 gigabyte per hour. Mm-hmm. Then when they upgraded to, I forget what they called the, that screen on the iPad Air. It, the, the Retina. Yeah, the Retina screen. Exactly right. The Retina screen. To watch the same movie consumed three gigabytes per hour, gigabits per hour. So it, it's it, because it's so much, the, the visual is so much more dense, it just takes, it takes more data to fill that screen. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the same... As we go on, I didn't. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to use that in our session about the uh, the seven coming out here in the fall because, uh, you know, the brighter the screen, the faster the processor, uh, the more dense the downloads are. It's uh, um, it, it 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 takes more consumption, and you know, recently, uh, not recently, over the last year and a half, you've had in the news about uh, at the Gaylord here in town a huge fine for 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 blocking. And then you had one against uh, Smart City and another one against, I believe it was Baltimore Convention Center, their provider up there. And there are several of those issues there. And what happens is there's a certain, I think, schadenfreude that that those of us who consume and have to pay those big bills that I got. (laughs) The problem is, and I'm not in the business to defend somebody who does something that's not correct, is that that's governed by the Federal Communications, uh, uh, the FCC. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think there's been a proper discussion of the difference between the need to have open and accessible uh, connectivity in sleeping rooms and public spaces and how you control what happens in a meeting space that, in essence, that meeting owner owns. I know they're only renting it, but for that time that they're in there, mm-hmm. uh, and how they, how the trouble started was in, 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 in blocking. And you could say, was there an element of greed involved? It could be. I, I won't dispute that. But it wasn't just about that because if I'm operating, I remember we were at a major trade show um, last year, and. We went to a session. Uh, it, it was on. It was about uh, iPad and apps. Mm-hmm. 
Dahlia Elgazar, good buddy, uh, who's fantastic. If you ever get a chance to see her, she's excellent. But when we tried to log on, so we could, that they couldn't get on the Wi-Fi. So the team, the exact, they over, they were trying to figure it out. I was bored, so while I was sitting there, I called up. You know how many hotspots were operating in the area? Right. Were seventy-five hotspots <laughs> operating in a corner of the convention center? Ugh. Now, 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 never mind all of that. So you have these. I went to another session on on bandwidth, and and somebody stood up and they said, "Well, then if I'm going to go to a trade show, then I should just take my MiFi device, and that would be fine." And the guy said, "That's exactly what you you were going to do, and you need to do." And since I don't have a filter or a or a brain in my head, I said, "No, no, <laughs> you, you know." And here's what I've said about that. All right, so if you're just using your cell phone, that that doesn't interfere. But if your cell phone becomes every cell phone that we have, every uh, smartphone that we have has the potential to be a hotspot. Right. Once it becomes a hotspot, it interferes with every. It, it all of the hotspots interfere with each other, whether they're Wi-Fi or or uh, or uh, 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 MiFi devices. Um, and that a lot of people don't realize that and i said so what we talk about is what's mission critical what 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 has to happen and and to go to a conference and this has happened to me where i would go to a tech company who i was interested in their product i wanted to see their product and they were going to do a live demo and they couldn't get the connectivity fat that wasn't just, just was not fast enough to run it and i said to them i said you know Here's what we have to begin doing. We have to begin thinking about how we do these things ahead of time. Right. So my answer is this. If if your connectivity is is spotty, then get a one, pay for the wire a wired connection. That way you're not sharing the airways with somebody else. Um or you have the option to download your presentation and do it locally and then you don't have to worry about the Wi-Fi. The, those are the specifics I usually recommend to people when they're talking about exactly that. I think uh, that's those are the two ways you can prevent this problem you're talking about. Well, you, you can't. It, the, the other thing that you see people's heads nod whenever I do this thing, I said, you know, understand what, even on your MiFi device, even if you've got good connections, have, I ask them, I say, have you ever been in the bowels of a convention center, deep down in all that concrete, and dropped a phone call? And everybody goes, yes. I said, well, then understand that when you're working with MiFi and those, that's essentially the same technology. Mm-hmm. You know, you're connecting through the air to a, a tower somewhere to and repeaters and all of that sort of stuff. Now, I carry MiFi too, all right? So I just understand when and where it's appropriate. And, I, and you know, I've kind of digressed a little bit, but it goes back to controlling the space. Right. Uh, at what point does a meeting owner say, I'm not going to invest Fifty, seventy, a hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, and having this, you're all on your own. Because when things go bad, somebody is going to get blamed. And there's, you know, with with the rulings of the FCC, uh, everybody understandably is hesitant to saying, you know, that that they don't mind saying making a statement in their in their exhibitor pack that says. You know, please use our Wi-Fi. Anything that you bring in will degrade the experience, etc. Mm-hmm. But there's 
the question is how do they police it? I will say that there is a new group um, driven largely by IAVM and IAEE, which is the Industry Wi-Fi Coalition, who are, and it's a couple of the folks who frankly got uh, the big fines. Uh, but what those big fines got them was entree into the FCC. Uh, and so the FCC has an enforcement wing, and they're the ones who, who levied the fines. Uh, and they also have a policy wing. And so the attempt is to get to the policy wing to explain how we work and say what is it, how, how, what is legal and what is not, and how can we set some policies that we, everyone understands that meeting space is, is different from other space. Because if you've got speakers going on and you've got, you know, um, webcasting in that, the need in there to control that space is compelling. Right. And it's not about saying to someone, you can't use your phone or you can't do this or you can't do that. It's about, it's about, and, and controlling is not a word I like to use. Managing is a better, is a better word, I think. Sure. It's, it's not about saying we're going to shut you down or anything else. It's how do you manage space that you own that the quality of the connectivity is mission critical. Um, and you're you're balancing public interest. I mean, we have we have the same issues with the FCC with wireless microphones. Mm -hmm. You have you have to manage wireless within a building because there are so many channels and so many frequencies that can be used and you can't just come in and walk on everyone else. Right. You, you know, you need to cooperate and uh, manage, I think is the best word for this as opposed to control. You need to manage who's using what and know who's where so that you can all have the optimal experience within the venue. Exactly right. And, and you know, they're, they're, it, when they're talking about uh, connectivity and, and you're going through the gut, there, there are three things that you, that, that, are really important. One, what the bandwidth, uh, and generally in the past that's been where the conversation has started and stopped. Is that is it free and how much bandwidth? Oh, we got a huge pipe coming into the building. Okay, well then we should be good. But they don't. They forget about infrastructure. Mm -hmm. uh, and infrastructure is the second thing that you have to talk about. And then then support. Uh, whose throat do I choke? <laughs> <laughs> you know who 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 do I talk to when this goes bad? Right. Um, you know, frankly, the the it, your Starbucks experience. If something goes bad there, your your recourse is to get up and leave. At at, at home, it's uh, Comcast will see you between twelve and noon on Thursday. Um, you know, at, but the service has to be immediate when you're when you're on site. Right. You've got a group of people that you've brought in for a purpose, right? And and that that expires. That's a an asset that goes away. Having those people in that room isn't permanent. That that that's right. And so and and you can't get that time back. Right. It's not like you can say, well, okay, I'll come in and work this weekend and finish that letter. You you have to have that right right now. 
So, so let's say you're a you're a planner and you're you're overwhelmed by all this stuff we're talking about, um, and you don't have that trusted advisor. Let's say you're just going out and you want to document some things as you're doing site surveys. You you would tell them those three items you just mentioned. Those are the three things to maybe start with, or is there a good place to start for them? I I think that those are the three things you could be aware of. I think if you're planning, uh, I think that you you would ask the questions around those topics such as how much bandwidth can you dedicate solely to my group mm-hmm. um, do you have an access point layout map that you can send me I, you know, I want to know what the access points are and I want to know what generation they are you know and ultimately I, I think anybody's gonna have to have a either somebody on staff or on their production crew generally production guys are pretty savvy mm-hmm in, in my uh, experience, and so, th- and that's what I'll tell them. It, it, you know, think of it. Don't think of this as a mystery. Think of it in relationship to the other things that we do and that we have to do. And it's I'll go back to the food analogy. It's the same thing there. It, it, it you think of it in the way that you would think of food. It, it you take some of the mystery out of it. If you think of uh, your trusted advisor in the way that you you deal with your production company, these are things that we've been dealing with for years. Whether that is your trusted advisor, think of it in that way. Have somebody that you can go to that can tell you, yes, you can do this, or no, you can't. Um, and and I think that that's that that's uh, uh, critical. It, it and if you the other thing that we suggest is that you have to go, you have to get a record of it. Uh, if you just had a meeting, we suggest that they go back to whoever their supplier was to get a report of the usage. Because those reports will tell you peak times, how many people are using it, uh, uh, and at what at, at, at exactly what times, um, and what the loads are. Um, you're not always guaranteed to get it, but what I'm saying is, if you can't, then then start now. Right. Start now with understanding. Chances are your next meeting is going to have an even higher load. But if you, you know. In everything that we do, and we're putting together an RFP as a company, you look at at your history to go forward. And this it's the same thing with uh, connectivity. You really need to know what your usage is. And it's quite interesting to look at one of those um, reports because you can see the peak. You can see a peak at breakfast when people are getting up or just before breakfast. You can see it peak at breaks. You can see it peak at lunch. Um, you can see it peak just after the afternoon general session, and at night, whenever uh, dating naked is on, you can see it, <laughs> or whatever. Right, you know, people downloading to for the plane the next day. But but like anything that a planner would do, having that history and that information to work from is a is a tremendously good tip. And, and even again, it's not something the planner necessarily has to sit there and understand, but just knowing it so they can pass it on to the next venue and say, this is what our peaks were and this is what we needed. They can start getting solutions that, that meet that or that look forward and exceed it. Because as you, as you say, uh, things are, are not going to go back in the bottle. Uh, the genie's kind of out and it just keeps getting larger and larger, the demands. Well, that, you know, and that, that's exactly right. And again, the, the, just the overarching purpose is to, to equip our community, the meetings and events industry, uh, to have the conversation. And what I've said to, we've been fortunate, 
you know, this is among a number of other subjects that, that Apex tackles, including room block poaching and ERFPs and mm-hmm. cybersecurity. So we got a bunch of things that are very exciting, but it's about equipping us to talk to each other and, and to have a meaningful conversation and try to figure out exactly what needs are. Um, it's not necessarily about gouging more, but what I, what I will tell even a uh, sales, because we've been asked to come and, and, and speak about this to, for instance, hotel sales groups. And what I'll say to them is, is if you have a planner that comes to you and they've got an RFP and they're coming in, they're talking about internet, if they're not asking the questions, prompt them to ask the questions. Uh, be a better partner. Mm-hmm. It'll help you sales. You know, it's, it, it's not about saying, oh, I get free internet, good, I'm going to close this and move on and leave it to the CSM to have the nightmare. <laughs> uh, because it will be a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and I think that if we're going to have a better industry, then we need to think about uh, more collaborative selling than than transactional i think and i think that this contributes to that and i and and you see heads nod uh, uh particularly on the sales side because the sales they're not technicians either okay and so during the rfp process there's very little interaction between um the techies on the on the planner side and the techies on the uh on the um uh, uh, supplier side well so, and- I don't know any any salesperson who gets up in the morning and says, how can I make my customer have a bad experience? I mean, (laughs) everybody wants this to be a conversation. Everybody wants to do the best possible job. Absolutely. No, that that you're you're, you're really 100% right. And I think that if you, in an RFP, if you can give uh, into the venue, if you can give a meeting profile, uh, prior event reporting, internet usage or expected internet usage and needs and then from the venue you want to know about their bandwidth infrastructure and support uh that's really helpful uh there is there are tools available on the apex site conventionindustry.org and then go to the apex site um one which is particularly helpful that was was developed with the through the generosity of uh psav which is is not a sentence that is spoken often but uh (laughs) The they have developed a um, bandwidth calculator, uh, and it's good up to about a thousand people. Uh, and you you enter uh, the number of attendees, uh, the number of devices you expect per attendee, uh, and their usage level. Are they heavy usage? And it gives you some cues as to what to look for there. It's not perfect, and it's not 100% ac- accurate, but at least it helps to establish a baseline. Yeah, it gives you a jumping-off point for the conversation. Yeah. Uh, and I notice uh, there's a nice Excel uh, RFP fill-in sheet and a strategy guide that goes with that as well. I I, I hadn't seen those before I went uh, to research before you and I started talking, and I downloaded and, and printed those out to uh, to go through later because I think there's some tremendous information within that strategy guide and within that um, RFP fill-in sheet that is just there for free. Anybody can use and take, and I think that's a phenomenal gift to the industry. Well, that, and that is the core of Apex. I mean, this has all been, always been, uh, even though it started out uh, it, 
with similar objectives in mind. We're approaching it in a much different way now. Um, and I think that getting away from saying you must use this form or that form, which was not really what Apex was, but that was the impression of Apex when it first started, mm-hmm. um, and getting more into here's your checklist, you know, here's some tools that, that, that will help you calculate what you need, and it, it's... Uh, uh, I think is uh, we've become more of a think tank, right? Uh, in essence, uh, still we looked at the Apex mission, which is the overarching mission, is is accepted practices for the industry, and I think we're still very, you know, laser focused on that, but uh, approaching it in a different way, and th- this output. Um, was not something that came from an individual association or an organization with something to gain, uh, individual organization. It came from a variety of voices uh, from within the industry. As, as I was telling you about the makeup of the Apex Group, it was it, it, there were a bunch of folks that worked on this, and it was it was hotel operations people, and it was hotel sales, and it was citywide. Uh, planners and it was Mahler meeting conference planners and DMCs and and production guys and so you had a variety of voices and I tell you I, I will say that that uh, I j- laughingly say I don't remember the open bar at which I volunteered to be on Apex <laughs> but I will tell you that it's been among the most rewarding work that I've done and I'm very proud of the evolution so that we're able to bring this type of knowledge and this type of guidance to the industry um, and it, it uh, again in a with a variety of topics so uh, it, it's really pretty cool it's it's an interesting challenge too when you when you think about it a bit because the every meeting is so unique and different mm-hmm. and we're trying to at the same time set up standards and so those are almost at odds from the beginning so the fact that you're able to create something out of this chaos is admirable and very, very appreciated, I know, within the community. And hopefully more and more people will realize, um, the bandwidth being one, but just Apex in general, that it's there as a resource and that it's something that people can reference. Well, when I, I, I can remember when Apex was new and when you had the various commissions, and there were thousands of, of industry people involved uh, early on, putting mm-hmm. these working on different segments in that. And uh, I got involved, uh, and again, this is probably four or five years ago, and I I never spoke to anybody who said, boy, that was a lousy idea, whatever happened to it. You know, it it, it was more, I shouldn't say that was a lousy idea, it was more, I remember that, whatever happened to it. And what it did is it it became passive. Mm Mm-hmm. It became a, a great set of tools who that lived on the internet somewhere, um, and what we've been able to do is to to make it live, to push out information, to do. There are a series of, of white papers. There's uh, we did even on connectivity a white paper with HSMAI. Uh, we've got this collaboration going now with IAEE and IAVM on the Wi-Fi industry Wi-Fi coalition. That work will be there. Uh, we're now looking at cyber safety, cyber security for meetings and events. 
and trying to address issues from a neutral perspective uh, that that affect us all that need uh, discussion and I think if we stick to that mantra of equipping the industry to have the conversation I think we'll do just fine well, and if, uh, if folks would like to continue this conversation, you'll be at the uh, Conclave uh, in Baltimore on uh, September 17th doing the session on bandwidth, and they can come and talk to you there, or they can reach out to you, I'm sure, through your company of ingenuity uh, there in Nashville. Yeah, absolutely, and I should probably say that I'm, I'm happy to be co-presenting uh, with uh, John Reese, who's a regional uh, uh, executive vice president for PSAV, who chaired the initial group um, uh, and gave me an entirely new uh, impression of PSAV with their generosity, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, and John will be co-presenting with me, and he's very good on the technical end of it, and I'm very good with color commentary and, and laughs. So it should be, should be a great, informative, and fun session. Well, looking forward to uh, to seeing you there, and hopefully uh, the folks who are listening will have an opportunity to come join in in the session as well. And uh, we really appreciate your time, and thank you for uh, spending some time with us on the podcast today. Happy to do it, John. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. This has been the Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast, your podcast source for news and discussions of the meetings and events industry. You can find out more about Strategic Meeting Tech at our website, www.strategicmeetingtech.com. There you'll find resources and information about how we help planners to create better audiovisual and technology outcomes at their events. Our music is provided by Steph Sachs, under license from the Creative Commons, and you can find out more information and links to the artists there on our website as well. Please send any comments or show suggestions to John, J-O-N, at strategicmeetingtech.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.